Welcome back, one and all, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. September has arrived. Happy Labor Day weekend. It is the bookend for our summer, closing it out. And, of course, with the arrival of this month come the rollout of many hunting seasons. Obviously, a couple underway already. We go back. We have the early management take for goose. We've got the federally set dove opener that happened on the 1st of September and, of course, Bow opener, which was last night, the afternoon of Friday. Boy, I'm seeing some pictures already coming in of folks finding some deer out there. So a lot of great stuff on the trail cameras and some field photos already hitting the web. So keep your eyes peeled for that stuff. We've got a lot of great hunting information up there at NewsDakota.com where you can stay prepped and ready for what's to come, whether it's grouse on the 11th or looking forward to October and pheasant opener. And of course, that firearms deer season as well. And on the latter, we'll be talking with Charlie Bonson here. He is the state wildlife veterinarian for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, giving us some insight into CWD, which is a more long-term problem for our deer herds. We've seen chronic wasting disease have a severe impact on populations in Wisconsin, Saskatchewan, Wyoming, Colorado, and Game and Fish is taking proactive steps through a task force to help take the next steps to limit the expanse of that disease here in North Dakota. So some big information there as to what GNF is doing proactively to protect our deer herds. And secondly, we'll we'll talk with Charlie about EHD, episodic hemorrhagic disease, which is midge-borne disease. We saw it last year. We're seeing it again. There's not much overlap with the affected area, but Charlie is seeing some reports come in around the area where it was most reported last year. It's kind of expanding eastward toward the river. So a lot of information for deer hunters out there to know what the health of the herd is and how to help protect it. Very important stuff. That's coming up right after this quick break. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, we are here in the start of the season for archery deer and a lot of other big game opportunities coming up. And then, of course, November, the gun season, and a lot of folks looking forward to their opportunities to get out there and chase those deer herds around North Dakota. And for that, we have Charlie Bonson, wildlife veterinarian for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, to talk all about some of the concerns that are out there on the landscape. Charlie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be here. It's good to have you on board when we're talking about the health of the state's deer herds, which have done quite well over the past few years. We've seen an increase in firearms tags, but the big concern that is out there on the landscape is chronic wasting disease. And we now have a task force in place, which you are helping out with, to direct that forward. How is CWD looking at this point in time as we head into the 2021 deer season, and what are the areas of concern? There's reason to be concerned. There's reason to be optimistic. Certainly since the, you know our first detection in 2009 down in Sioux County, we have a larger footprint affected by CWD now. But we have five hunting units where we've detected CWD. Most of those hunting units, it's still extremely rare. But kind of in our, our first unit where we found it back in uh, 2009, 3F2, uh, we are starting to see a, a year-to-year increase in, in infection rates. And that is a cause for concern, certainly. Mule deer across the board, uh, hunter harvested about 5% are coming back positive now. Three to four years ago, that was down about 1%. And unfortunately, we're kind of seeing this upward trend, which is a cause for concern. That being said, you know, I said there's good and bad. The good is that uh, the majority of the state is still free of CWD, and, and we hope to keep it that way as long as possible. Yeah, and one of the great tools in doing that now is the creation of this CWD task force by the Game and Fish Department. What are the functions and goals of that task force? 
at the turn of the century, across the country, we were starting to see kind of some alarming trends in other states. Uh, that was when things were starting to really light up in the, some Midwestern states to the east of us, seeing increasing rates. Our department put together sort of a contingency plan around CWD. You know, since that time, North Dakota has been added to the, the list of states that have CWD, of course. And we also have 20 years worth of new research and understanding in terms of how best to manage this. And so this task force is really set up in order to kind of reassess where we're at with, with the issue, assess how we can kind of fold in the best management practices to address it, and ultimately, among other things, to come up with an updated uh, CWD management plan. That'll manifest itself in a few different ways. We expect to kind of assess how we're directly managing the disease on the ground. But what has really emerged in the last decade is that key to managing CWD is hunter behavior. Um, and as the department, how can we continue to uh, to get buy-in with people and, and various stakeholders and um, and really shift hunter behavior to the best practices to, to lower the risk of CWD spread? Um, so communication strategies. Outreach strategies will, will probably be a pretty strong component of uh, what we do moving forward. We're talking with Charlie Bonson, wildlife veterinarian, North Dakota Game and Fish Department, and you pointed it out. When we, we look to the east, you see these headline-grabbing uh, facts and statistics where Wisconsin, you know, some counties have a 50% infection rate. Is that the ultimate scenario the CWD task force is looking to prevent? the culture of hunting in in our communities and in our state is incredibly rich and it's something that we really want to preserve and central to that is a healthy resilient deer herd and so um, a population that that is completely free of CWD or a population even with a a low level you know uh, one to five percent that maybe have this disease that's that's a population that is still pretty resilient and uh, and something that we can really enjoy um, in the long term. Contrast that with areas that you mentioned, localized areas in Wisconsin that can have really high infection rates. Another unfortunate poster child of what you want to avoid is some localized areas in Saskatchewan where mule deer bucks, you're looking at probably 70% infection rate. That starts to have some pretty strong consequences um, in terms of changes in the age structure of your population. That high of an infection rate can start to cause population level declines and impacts. And and overall, um, you know, those things strongly begin to erode that hunting culture and tradition that we're talking about. Sure. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Let's explore that a little more. Uh, I mean, are we talking sure. smaller racks? Are we talking deer that die by age three? What, what, what are sort of the things that hunters see in that Wisconsin population or that Saskatchewan population? What are they seeing in terms of that quality of trophy buck or maybe even just a healthy doe? What's that look like? Um, you know, let's look at just a hypothetical population where 50 to 70 percent of, of bucks are infected. Honestly, if you get that high of an infection rate, you're basically looking at your population consists of deer that most have a terminal disease and the rest of them just haven't gotten infected yet. And so if it's such a hot level of infection, these deer hit the ground, they probably get infected shortly after hitting the ground. And basically the clock starts ticking. So 18 to 20 months after becoming infected, that's going to be a dead deer, you know, through clinical disease or or other things. You simply just don't have a population that can produce deer that are a whole lot older than maybe two and a half. You know, there might be a three and a half out there, but the ability for that core population to produce the deer that we all really want to target, it it just is simply gone. So that's a scenario that uh, we would really like to avoid in North Dakota.
I'm sure hunters would as well, yeah. you know, when hunters focus on yeah. those three, four, five-year-old deer. I mean, that's, that's a big difference when you all you have are twos and threes at the most. Wrapping up here with Charlie Bonson, wildlife veterinarian for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Charlie, another disease that, again, is on the pages of most newspapers right now is the breakout of EHD that we have seen again, particularly in the southern and southwestern part of North Dakota. But that dry summer we had has coincided with this EHD outbreak like we saw last summer and fall, which you know, last fall was very notable. How is this year's EHD outbreak the same, and what are you seeing that might be a little bit different? What's interesting this year is that we're really not seeing much overlap at all between uh, areas affected right now and areas affected last year. Um, And so I think it's deer that are unfortunately dying or the deer that are affected right now were were ones that kind of were not exposed and not involved last year. We're kind of almost looking at different subpopulations. Probably the strongest, most heavily hit area is actually the greater Bismarck-Mandan area. I was saying about a 20-mile radius. We're actually getting reports up to the Washburn area along the river, maybe 10 to 20 miles either side, um, and then out to the Minokin-McKenzie area. Charlie, last year there were minor impacts to other species other than white-tailed deer. We had some mule deer, uh, reports of pronghorn, and even an elk that may have died from EHD. Do you anticipate the same this year? You know, last year, I kind of attribute it to the fact that there was just so much virus out there and it was so widespread that we did kind of have some some other species involved. Um, So I think it'll just be a a matter of wait and see. Um, You know, if we get uh, that same kind of landscape level uh, viral activity out there, I think we can expect to see some particularly pronghorn and mule deer, but but it, it doesn't seem to have the same level of impact. Sure. And final question, when folks are out there on the landscape, like you said, the pheasant hunter, the grouse hunter here in in the warmer months, September and maybe even October, and they see what they think is an EHD death, uh, how do they go about reporting that to you and Game and Fish? Um, Great question. We we just set up um, an online reporting system, which is working really slick for our, you can find it online um, on our webpage. It's gf.nd.gov slash mortality dash report. Jump on that form and fill in the information and ask for location, number of deer. Uh, we ask if you want a follow-up telephone call or not. Please do let us know. Uh, we, we keep tabs on this. It, it kind of helps us basically track where we're uh, expecting or where we're finding mortality, where we might expect, uh, you know, kind of localized um, population level impacts. And so, yeah, uh, we, we depend heavily on hunters for that. So definitely relay that information as it comes in. Yeah, great to have that resource. We appreciate all you do for our populations of deer and big game throughout North Dakota. And, Charlie, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks a lot. So whether your bow season's underway or you're looking ahead to that firearm season in November, it's good to be aware of these issues out there and the proactive steps that are being taken to manage a disease like chronic wasting disease, which has long-term effects on hunting quality, and in the short term, knowing about what's happening with EHD, a more localized and seasonal-based disease. Keep those in mind as you hit the field, and I'll look for you in our outdoors.